who wants to make an ethanol slash bourbon company where, where we make <laughs> high proof bourbons that also run cars? I, I will say all the opinions are not the opinions of Hack Notice. These are our <laughs> own personal opinions and uh, we are intoxicated, so we're not liable. Welcome to another Bourbon and Breaches, where we cover one of our favorite bourbons and the top five most interesting data breaches from this last week. I'm Steve. I'm Shu. Howdy. I'm Nikki. Brandon. Great. And let's go ahead and jump right in to the bourbon. So this week, we have another double gold winner from the San Francisco World Spirits Competition. Uh, this week, we have David Nicholson, Nicholson 1843. So I knew nothing about uh, this bourbon in the slightest. Um, I picked it off the double gold list because uh, the double gold list has been treating us well for the last uh, few episodes. So uh, went in completely blind, spoiler alert, uh, it's a great bourbon um, and has a really interesting history. So a little bit about David Nicholson. Uh, it looks like they have one bourbon offered in two flavors, 1843 and Reserve. Um, they are a Lux Row Distillers. So they are in uh, Bardstown, Kentucky. Uh, looks like we've got 1792, Heavenly Hill, Willet, uh, lots of other distilleries right here. Um, Shu, did you go to Lux Row when you went to the Bourbon Trail in Kentucky? I did not. Uh, in that area was Heaven Hill, and I drove by Willet and waved hi to Willet, but I did not go to Lux Row. Well, seems like you missed out. Uh, looks like lots of fun distilleries down here. I think Makers is somewhere in this general area. Are they in Bloomsburg? Yeah, Makers is by itself and kind of um, a green area. So oh, right. They're in Loretto. Yeah. There they are. Yeah. I've never been in Kentucky, but I'm starting to memorize Kentucky based on where the different distilleries are. Louisville is a lot of fun and I'm looking forward to going back one day. So, uh, David Nicholson to, uh, jump right into it. Um, we can't find the Nashville. Maybe it's a trade secret. Uh, I went looking for it. Uh, I could find uh, a note about the Mashville for the reserve, and they said undisclosed. So it's your bet what is in the mash. But uh, reading up a little bit about 1843, it has associations uh, with Pappy Van Winkle and W.L. Weller. And that makes a lot of sense. So when I first tried this earlier in the week, uh, my immediate thought was this tastes a lot like uh, Weller, but it had a bit more character and depth to it. So I'm gonna go ahead and pour it here. We've got a really pretty caramel or dark caramel color to it. And on the nose, you can really get a lot of that uh, wheat to it. So immediately, you know, it, it feels very wheat forward. Uh, if you've had a weeded bourbon that smells like a very nice, smooth, caramely. Um, you know, I think people have said maybe some vanilla, um, baking spices, uh, but I'm getting mostly caramel on this. And then having it, so 
I do believe there's some rye in here because it's got a bit of that rye spice to it. Uh, it's got some heat on it, but it's incredibly smooth. Um, and it's got this nice caramel flavor throughout. Um, so I was really surprised. I, I was going into this blind. I wasn't expecting very much. Um, and this is completely outperforming um, all of my expectations. One of the best things about 1843 is the MSRP. Uh, I got it for uh, like $29.50. So I got it here in the heart of Austin for less than $30. Um, and I was not expecting uh, the level of, of complexity and smoothness that I got from, from this bottle. So um, highly recommend it. It's a great value. Um, it uh, is very much a sipping bourbon. And I think this could easily be a, a daily bourbon as well. So cheers. I'd like to point out that that website you're using, it says we use cookies soaked in whiskey to ensure uh, we give you the best experience on our website. I didn't realize uh, that was a, an option in setting cookies. I do appreciate uh, that. Um, well, now all of my cookies are tainted by whiskey. So got drunk browser cookies. Um, what, uh, what's everyone else drinking? So enough about uh, 1843, which is very much a good buy. Uh, San Francisco um, World Spirits Competition double gold winner in both 2017 and 2015. Uh, but uh, what are you drinking, Brandon? Uh, I have Basil Hayden's Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Very light, very drinkable. Very nice. I think that's also a double gold winner. Um, we've never had that one on this show. Uh, what do you? What are your thoughts on that one? I, I like it. It's it's uh, you know it's it's a it's a good everyday whiskey. Pretty light. Um, well, uh, let's jump right into it, Nikki. What do you have for us this week? Uh, we've got quite a few breaches. First one headline reads. Russian government spies are behind a broad hacking campaign that has breached U.S. agencies and a top cyber firm. Um, I believe it was this weekend when we were on Slack sharing a bunch of the stories and updates. Um, but essentially, the, Russia, uh, the Russian government hackers who breached a top cybersecurity firm are behind a global espionage campaign that also compromised the Treasury and Commerce Department and other U.S. government agencies according to people familiar with the matter. I think the updates that have been rolling in over the past couple of days has the number to five agencies uh, now. And um, it's through a local company, um, SolarWinds, that was breached that enabled this whole set of dominoes to come toppling down. Um, but SolarWinds products are used by organizations all across the world. They include all five branches of the U.S. military, the Pentagon, State Department, Justice Department, NASA, the Executive Office of the President, and the National Security Agency. Um, so a long list, and a, a lot of people are affected. Uh, wanted to put this one at the top. What do you guys think? So a uh, quick update to that one. Uh, Stories that have come out more recently say over 18,000 organizations have been impacted. 
I find it incredibly um, suspect that this happened and then both Google, Microsoft, and a lot of other companies had outages this week. Yeah, the, uh, wow, this is a pretty sophisticated, A, I'm gonna go on the record and say that um, I'm always skeptical when uh, government agencies blame other agencies, even though that's what everyone says, but just for the record, I maintain some skepticism on whether it is Russia. Um, because this is very easy to say that, and the average person doesn't really have any proof of that. So, but anyways, uh, let's just say that it is Cozy Bear. Um, this was a pretty darn sophisticated attack. Looking at the technical details, from what I understand, is that they basically went into an exchange server um, that SolarWinds operated, got a key, and generated other keys um, that allowed devices to say, yes, I trust this server. So whenever you go to um, any sort of server that says, do you trust this device? There's a secret key that goes back and forth. That's what they hacked and that's what they generated. So pretty novel. Out of, out of all the companies in your supply chain that you don't want hacked, is your DevOps cloud provider. SolarWinds. Yeah. This is the worst nightmare of so many organizations because the all change management, all DevOps, uh, all supply chain management goes through SolarWinds. Uh, you you put SolarWinds agents on every single device, and you give them uh, pretty much uh, full access to everything because that's that's how you provide a central repository of what's going on in your dev environment. Uh, so this is so bad. And I think this is, if this hack didn't happen within a week of FireEye, I think this would be the hack of the year. But this is only like, it's, it's I think maybe a close second now um, because FireEye was an incredibly terrible hack. Um, but yeah, like this is, I feel the ramifications of this will be felt for all of 2021. You're going to see, I mean, 18,000 organizations, you're going to see 18,000 organizations do data breach disclosures over the next three, six, nine months. And, and it's soon going to be a question of who, who wasn't included in SolarWinds back. Uh, so, uh, I'm. I'm going to call out SolarWinds here um, because because of this hack, they got a lot of attention and there were a lot of eyes on uh, what they are currently doing and what they have previous, previously done. And it was found out from around 2017 to 2019, they had an up, uh, FTP update server um, whose credentials were out there on GitHub the password was SolarWinds123, and um, yeah, A, don't have a weak password like that, B, don't release the, the credentials on GitHub, um, and also they had advised their customers, from what I understand, to just go ahead and ignore all antivirus and cert warnings when updating from the server. So even if you have protections um, to, uh, on what you were downloading from the server, 
solar winds themselves told you ignore those warnings didn't all this happen through an exchange server and who's still using exchange servers in 2020 that is true yes yes brandon have you seen an exchange server in the last 10 years what's an exchange server <laughs> exactly exactly like you know microsoft gets a lot of flack um but haven't they had azure and like microsoft 365 for 10 years i mean they were late to the whole cloud email game but i mean if you're still rolling your own email server what are you the clinton campaign Looks like we're only getting the Koch brothers as clients from now on. <laughs> well, our, our proximity to Houston, I'm perfectly fine with. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, solar, solar winds, uh, the worst is yet to come. So, making number two. U.S. schools are buying phone hacking tech that the FBI used to investigate terrorists, which is a pretty strong headline, but um, known as mobile device forensic tools, this type of tech is available to siphon text messages, photos, and application data from students' devices. Uh, this is quite a turn uh, in terms of privacy for students. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Uh, Shu, you go first, because I'm going to rant about this. Okay. One. As far as a tactical aspect goes, I guarantee you, um, so the Gizmo Gizmodo article was was very light on technical details, but I will guarantee you that this is not a product that can break into your latest iPhone. Um, the San Bernardino San Bernardino attack, the FBI was rumored to pay Celebrite, the same company on this, a million dollars for that hack. And people that know iOS security and Android security knows that a million dollars to break into a phone is not an outrageous price. So when they're citing, you know, $6,500, $2,800, uh, maybe it's the same hack, but that tool was used for a very specific device, iPhone 5 SE, I believe, um, running iOS 9. Who today runs an iPhone 5 running iOS 9? So no one, so maybe on their sales cycle, they say, okay, we have the latest and greatest. We're gonna to sell to the federal governments, maybe state governments for a million dollars. And as people update and this becomes more useless, hey, there's a opportunity to sell for a far cheaper price. It's also much easier to break into Android devices and older Android devices. So um, again, the technical details are sparse in this article, but I would think that a lot of this uh, is mitigated by updates from Apple and Android. So um, I, I think you're completely right. I don't think any of this is going to work on modern devices, um, especially not Apple with their sandboxing. Um, Android, there's so many flavors, so many vulnerabilities there. It could work on some Android. Um, all that aside, one, this is a horrible invasion of privacy. Two, you're going to find stuff on those phones you don't want to see, right? But the big issue here is um, you are proving 
that zero trust is the only path forward, you as a phone owner have to assume that uh, even as a kid in school, grade school, K through 12, if you have a phone, you have to assume that there is a malicious authoritarian figure that's gonna come and take it and use sophisticated tools to break into it to see all of your information. And, and on the one hand, it's horrible that kids have to deal with that. But on the other hand, um, do you want more security professionals? Because that's how you get more security professionals. Like one of the reasons I learned about security is because of authoritarian uh, dictators at high schools that would investigate everything we did, right? And so you find ways around what they're monitoring, right? Oh, you're gonna block websites? Okay, I'll just learn how to use a proxy. It's like, oh, you're not gonna let me play games on your computer? That's cool, I'm gonna root the whole device, I'm gonna you know, get whatever I want. So I feel like by doing this and doing it poorly, they're actually building up a lot of kids that are gonna be paranoid. Uh, they're gonna be highly sophisticated uh, with technology. Um, and they're gonna eventually learn hacking techniques, right? They're gonna learn how to get around um, you know, and bypass resources. Um, so if you're a kid in high school right now that's uh, learning new ways to protect yourself and your phone and you know, adopting security uh, tools like Signal for secure messaging, um, you know, encrypted end-to-end -end communication. You're learning how to uh, delete records after the fact and make sure they're they're fully deleted. Then you're you're learning life skills. And and ultimately, if you get really good at hacking, please reach out to us at Hack Notice because we are certainly hiring. Uh, pretty much yes. And I would like to thank Dr. Chris Rich, uh, who is my principal, for where I am now. Yep. Uh, computer networking class. We were not supposed to be playing games, but we found out ways to do it anyway. Fun fact, I, I was cleaning out, uh, <clears throat> cleaning out boxes and I ran across this. This is the first uh, disc I used to pirate a game. Nice. I, I copied lemmings onto it and I, uh, I got caught by uh, my teacher and uh, he, he yelled at me. You've got a <laughs> 3D printed save icon. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nikki, I think... Um, all of this will not be to the benefit of the schools, but I think uh, we may be seeing the next generation of hackers poorly run author authoritarian um, school districts will uh, do nothing but encourage kids to learn how to bypass the rules. Ready for number three? Let's do it. 1 million U.S. dental patients impacted by data breach. People are still going to the dentist, believe it or not. Um, dental Care Alliance discovered October 11th. They've been a victim of a hack uh, that began a month prior, September 18th. And then in November, they put out a statement that said, hey, 1 million people, 1 million 4,304 people were affected by the incident, but don't worry. Um, a lot of your data was shared, but there has been no specific evidence that personal information was used for malicious purposes. Therefore, we are, we are not gonna give you free credit monitoring or anything like that. 
what, what do you guys think about this one in particular? Um, if you get breached and you say, eh, it's fine. Like, I'm sorry, but you, you should not be allowed on the, on the internet. You just, we'll just cut your cord and you can go sell, you know, paper. They are not only going to get sued by every state AG office. They are going to be sued by um, any ambulance chasing lawyer out there. Anyone that can take this opportunity will. Um, and to say, we have no specific, the exact quote was, we have no, no specific evidence that personal information was used for malicious purposes. Um, anyone that has administered a, uh, a server will know that um, it's very easy not to have specific evidence. Pretty much any server, uh, as you as you install it, um, will not have that specific evidence of who is, of really what, it's very easy to lose that evidence when you do ins default installs of servers. I think um, this is a perfect example of what not to do with a breach. Um, I think there are several data privacy lawyers that they uh, could have easily hired to save themselves millions of dollars in lawsuits. I agree. And just some uh, rough napkin math, uh, a million people or a little bit over a million people were affected. They said, oh, only 10% of bank accounts of that million people. That's still 100,000 people where you had bank accounts numbers released. So They say uh, every record costs roughly a hundred bucks for a data breach. So if they had a million records, that's a hundred million dollar data breach. Um, and if they're not willing to pay two cents a user for ID theft or credit monitoring, then they deserve what they get. Yeah, credit monitoring retail to the end user, if you're not, if you're not doing right, is like nine or 10 bucks. So this would be pennies for the company to um, All right, number four data breach we're covering today. Massive Instagram click farm found following data breach. It was discovered in a command and control server that contained data for tens of thousands of Instagram profiles. Does this go along with what you guys kind of uh, preach in terms of when you're on the internet, just lie, make up fake accounts and and oh no, I think this is wildly different. Um, but before we get into that, Nikki, can you say click farm found following five times fast? Click farm found following, click farm farm, click oh, farm, hey. click farm. <laughs> That's a shot. I read that a couple of times. That's a Massive shot. Instagram <laughs> click farm found following data breach. Whew. Yeah, that is a mouthful. Huh. Um, what all those Instagram influencers are really just people paying off bots? I'm shocked. Um, yeah, click farms are a thing, we all know it. Uh, it's a what, like, it's not even five dollars a click anymore, right? It's uh, and 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 it's been known, it's been known on Instagram that that there are influencers that 
uh, bought their way to the top. And, um, you know, the fact that some of the um, dark patterns they've been using to become influencers are becoming well-known, shocking to like no one, so. Uh, okay, breach number five from Bleeping Computer. Fake data breach alerts used to steal ledger cryptocurrency wallets. This one was pretty interesting and I saved it for last because we had covered the Nigerian Prince scam evolution in the last episode. And so um, phishing attacks are always clever and a phishing attack simulating a data breach disclosure, that's just, that, that's just incredibly sophisticated. So kudos to the hacker that thought that up because the worst thing that could happen to a crypto exchange is a hacker breaking in, right? So the hacker doesn't break in. The hacker just says, oh, uh, let me go ahead and pretend that a break-in happened and steal the data on the back end. Um, and then, uh, so my general advice, never click a link in an email. I, I will routinely see an email and they're like, hey, just visit us at ledger.com to learn more about the data breach. I'll be like, cool, I'll just type that in. Like, I don't need to click link, I'll just type it in. I'll just go to ledger.com and see what's going on. Um, so just don't click links and emails. And then if on any web page you're on, always look at the URL. And if the URL is not an incredibly short, like ledger.com, if it's some like weird, if it keeps going and going and going, it's not real. Just get out of there. Um, I agree 100%. Um, I would like to point out the screenshots there. That lock by the URL is there and we have pounded for at least decades, make sure that the traffic is encrypted. It's stupidly easy to get a certificate um, to get a certificate these days. They did get a certificate, but they spoofed the URL. So that advice we have been giving does not matter anymore. The URL is wrong. It is bad. So, um, and I've gotten this. I've gotten alerts from my bank saying, "Hey, you've got this issue with your account. What do I do?" I manually enter in, I manually log in to my bank because at that point, if there is really an issue, my bank will alert me through the messaging center of, uh, of whatever, uh, whatever system that they have. And I will call them. I will not trust a URL. Yeah, that's completely right, Shu. You can't just trust an SSL connection. An SSL connection means that it's encrypted from your computer to their server. That's, That's it. it. That's it, yep. So, so you could have a very secure connection to a hacker, right? Like, <laughs> the, the, it doesn't mean this is a verified company. You have to, I mean, it's hard to say, no one's gonna do it, but you really need to be suspicious of everything that happens online. All that lock means is that another hacker can't sniff your traffic that you have connected to another hacker. And, and, and that doesn't even matter anymore. You can do SSL interrupts based on routers. So uh, I know a company that 
continuously had problems with hack notice, but it's because their router was doing SSL interrupts. So they would do SSL traffic to the router, they would stop, they would read all the traffic, and then they would do SSL traffic to the internet. Oh. And, and so um, you can't trust the lock. You, you probably can't even trust your internet connection. You have to not trust anyone and you have to be incredibly paranoid to get along on the internet because the internet was built uh, was with zero trust as, as the beginning. They, they, call, they, they didn't consider trust. They thought everything would happen perfectly, which means it's zero trust. You have to trust no one and nothing. Um, yeah, I feel incredibly bad for uh, users of Ledger. Um, as someone involved in crypto myself, um, you have to know if you hold any crypto, you are a target because it's incredibly easy to monetize breaking into you. And you need to have an online monitoring service. You have to because hackers are actively targeting you. Like hackers will solicit Bitcoin wallets and Monero wallets. They, they very much want to get access to your system. Uh, well, thanks everyone for joining. This has been a, another episode of Bourbon and Breaches, last one of 2020. If you liked what you saw today, like, follow, subscribe, and comment. And there's a dog. There's a dog in Nikki's screen. Um, if you have any suggestions for us, bourbons or breaches, uh, you can contact us directly at hacknotice.com. And with that, thanks everyone. Happy New Year. <laughs>